Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. We are special breakfast people here at Pantsu Politics, but not just when Beth and I are on the road. The truth is I want something warm from the oven every Saturday morning and Sunday morning. It's just the truth. It makes it feel special, makes it feel exciting. I don't want to work at it. So the first time I ever saw Wild Grain, which is bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries, I was obsessed. You guys, I've been a member for over a year. It's amazing. It's so easy. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less, no thawing required. You can fully customize your wild grain box. You can choose any combination of breads, pastas, pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. And for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit to start your subscription. Sometimes I make one single croissant just for me because I want to feel special and they're so good. You heard me. Free croissants in every box. And $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. That's wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. Or you can use promo code pantsuit at checkout. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to 3rd Love, you can have both. 3rd Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups, no more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. Welcome to Pantsuit Politics, where a woman from the right and a woman from the left accessorize the news with a fresh perspective. Hi, it's Beth Silvers from the right and Sarah Holland from the left. We're back with another episode of Pantsuit Politics, and um, we're going to do a little bit more of a a casual pantsuit politics today and um, cover a, a lot of topics and do some updates since our previous podcast. So first we want to say thank you so much for listening to us and interacting with us on our Facebook page and on Twitter. Um, hope that you'll keep doing that and also take a minute to rate us on iTunes so that other people can find pantsuit politics. Absolutely. So sadly, uh, we have to start today's podcast with another uh, mass shooting this time in San Bernardino, California. Um, last week, a couple 
entered into a social services center and killed 14 people, wounded 21 others. And we're just learning details about Saeed Farouk and his wife, Tafshin Malik. Um, came out today that both had been radicalized for quite some time. Um, from what I've heard, you know, friends and neighbors just had no, no idea. idea. Yeah, that's what I've heard over and over again. I mean, how hard is that to even comprehend? They had a stockpile of weapons. You know, it's hard for me to comprehend that they had a six-month-old child. And that they dropped the six-month child off mm-hmm. knowing that they were never going to pick the child up. I just... And how they got to through that without somebody catching on. Yeah, right? Like, know, how did the grandmother... How were they not just weeping openly? And, I mean... There's uh... so many things here. Um, I, I have found myself fascinated with the coverage, particularly of the wife mm-hmm. and, you know, because for a couple of days it was like, did she radicalize him? And I think there's still, um, you know, some question about that. And, and I think, you know, you keep hearing journalists saying like, how could a mother do this? You know, and so then there's a part of me that's like, well, how is a mother different than a father? Father. But then there is a piece of me that's like, she is. How did she do that? (laughs) How did she do that? Yeah. A six months, six months. I mean, you have to think that to a certain extent, she, she was doing it for her child, right? In her mind, she was doing it for her child is what I would, what I would put my money on. People like that. I feel like people really radicalized by an ideology who believe it's not like they just think it's this ideology is great for them. They believe that it's important on a global scale, right? And so I can only assume that she believed what she was doing was more important than being around a mother, her child, for the future That's, of her child. That is the only thing I can come up with, too. You know, I was thinking in the car today, what on earth would would drive me to separate myself permanently? Because, you know, we both have kids close to that age. Mm-hmm. And, and I keep thinking, I, I guess... If I thought that my children's very lives depended on it, mm-hmm. I could give up my opportunity to parent them, not go kill other people, no, you know, no. but give up my opportunity to parent them, which would be, I can't think of anything more heartbreaking to me than that. So, um, th- this whole thing has been so bizarre and, and sad and awful. I think a reflection of us too. Like, did you see any of the very weird media coverage when randomly the landlord of their apartment allowed yes. the press in? What happened? So what? I was at home sick and saw Andrea Mitchell live doing this. And I, I mean, my jaw was on the floor. I have never in my life seen anything like it. That was so bizarre and I just I watched a Washington Post like video analysis of it and basically they were just like you know their access exploded in front of them and there was not they were making these decisions in the moment and it they made them badly right you know like nobody took a step and was like hold up wait a second it was just a fever go 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 you know and journalism is so competitive like I guess I get that to a certain extent but Showing the grandmother's ID and all those things. What were they thinking? Well, and like picking up baby toys and trying to say something about them. I felt both disgusted by it and, and very sorry for the people doing it. Yeah. 
um, and, and conflicted about myself for not turning my television off. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was just, but, but I do feel a sense of like, I just want to know about these people. I want to understand this. I want to make some kind of sense of it, even though that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I understand. I mean, I think that the coverage, um, to a certain extent, because they had a child, because we walked into their, you know, where they lived has been humanizing in a weird way. Yes. Um, which doesn't often happen. You know, there wasn't a lot of humanizing coverage of the terrorists that flew the planes into the world trade center. Right. So I think that particularly because they were a lot of young men without unmarried and without children. And so, um, it is, it's sort of humanizing in a weird way. And I think personally, you know, I understand the instinct to make monsters of those who harm us, but I don't think it's positive and I don't think it's productive. So, um, I don't think we should, you know, sympathize or make excuses for these people, but I think remembering that they're human beings, they are human beings. And, you know, as painful that it, that as that is to think about and as vulnerable as it makes us feel, it's still important. And it does make us feel vulnerable. I mean, I, I think the humanization of this couple makes it even more chilling. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's easier for me to think about uh, childless single men taking those planes right. than, than this, than, than the fact that like I could just be at work eating lunch with someone and they come back later and I, and I find out that I'm, I'm suddenly in the middle of jihad. I just don't. Yeah. It's really, really hard to think about this. And, and because it's really hard, you know, I think it's just leading us to a really hard place as a country, which president Obama tried to address, mm-hmm. um, in an, a very rare oval office address this weekend, mm-hmm. only his third, I guess, of his two terms, um, mixed, mixed reactions to what he had to say, which, I mean, to, to kind of summarize what he had to say, it was, look, this is a hard problem. We think we have a strategy to deal with it and we're going to stay the course on that strategy. In the meantime, we need everyone to be vigilant Mm -hmm. and we need not to demonize our fellow citizens uh, based on their country of origin or religious beliefs. Yeah. So I don't know what you thought, Sarah. I mean, I have a lot of reactions, but I kind of want to wait and hear what you thought first. Well, I feel sort of what we talked about on a previous podcast with regards to the Syrian civil war and when there was the attack on Paris, which is I understand that other people are not reassured by a president that says we're not going to react to this. Everybody stay calm. But I am. I don't want to react to terrorists. I don't want to do what we did in Iraq, again, I don't, I I think that's how part of the way we, how we got here today. I mean, ISIS is formerly Al-Qaeda in Iraq. That's not an accident, you know? So I just feel like I know that he can come off as cerebral and distant at times, but you know what? If I'm erring on one side in a time like now, yeah, I'm going to go cerebral and distant. That's what I want. I don't want somebody that's emotional and that's going to react emotionally to terrorists because that's exactly what they want. They want us to react and feel terrorized and to play into their hands. And so when he says, I I mean, I think it was important for him to give that speech and reassure people, 
but you know, I'm not looking for a, they'll hear us kind of moment. Uh, I don't want that. That's not what I want. Well, so uh, yeah, we've discussed this before. And so obviously I'm in a different place on what I think the strategy should be. Purely from a political perspective, I did not understand the decision to go prime time without having something new to say. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I can see both sides of it. I can see the person that's like, we have to do something. People are freaking out. We need to reassure them. But I also understand that point, too. Plus, like, it wasn't a reassuring don't address. like their shows disrupted FYI, President Obama. They do not take well to that. I saw a bunch of people on Facebook being like, you messed up my finale. Well, they don't like their shows being interrupted. And and I think that what he had to say, um, you know, we both love The Skim, I know. And if you're listening and don't subscribe to The Skim, it's a really nice way to get your news in the morning. Um, so something to think about subscribing to. But The, the Skim today described this speech as sort of, I've got this, K. thanks, bye. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was like that, you know. And, and I don't think that's the mood of the country, right or wrong. Um, you know, and so, so from that perspective, I think he needed to come out much stronger or not, or just do a normal press briefing. You know, he could come to the microphone instead of, you know, sticking earnest with it. But I think there needed to be something new for it to be a prime time Oval Office moment. I did appreciate, you know, the discussion about not demonizing Islam, although that got a lot of critique, um, today as well oh please don't i I don't want to talk about him anymore beth please don't make me talk about donald trump well i I wasn't actually ready to go to donald trump but we can since you said it because i I also am tired of talking about the donald we predicted last week that you know the end was near and then but you know we were just wrong like according to the polls we're just wrong i just can't i just feel like chaining myself to something i don't want him to exist anymore i don't want to talk about him and his terrible awful statements so terrible awful statement of the day Mm. du jour is um he wants to just not allow any muslims to come into the united states anymore um you know, completely thoughtful and reasonable plan. Mm. I, I like. I, mean, I don't even know me. where to begin with this. I'm a pod. I mean, we're podcasting. You can't see me, but I'm shaking my head so hard. Like I just, it's hard to have a thoughtful commentary on something that is so ignorant. This is where well, I am with Donald Trump. What else I am agree. I supposed to say? You're in. You're ignorant. You're flaming unnecessary fires. Clearly, that's. Wrong and unethical and, and unconstitutional and dangerous and all manner of things. A, a compl- shows a complete absence from any historical perspective at all. I I mean, I'm just running out of things. I don't see how these 24-hour cable news people do it. I'm going to be honest. Well, here's what I have to say today about Donald Trump. I have previously pleaded with Reince Priebus and Ryan seems to be ignoring me. Okay, who so let's, let's bring in somebody else. I just want to plead with all of my Republican brothers and sisters and the handful of reasonable candidates in this primary. Mm. Like we, I'm getting mad and I want somebody to get mad with me. You know, I want, I want the Republican candidates to just stand up and say enough, enough of this. This is not serious. This is not who we are. This is not what our party is about. 
I just can't take it anymore. You know, I was listening to Joe Scarborough this morning on Morning Joe. Um, he, he asked Mike Huckabee, who I am not a fan of. I don't think anyone will find that surprising. He asked Mike Huckabee to just please say something nice about Muslim Americans. And and Mike Huckabee managed to sort of do that. Now, it, it was in a way that, like, I didn't find particularly attractive, but he but he got something out. I. I want people to stand up and say, I want Muslims to vote Republican. I want them to be part of our party because we are about opportunity for everyone. You know, I'm just, I'm so mad that all Republicans are being painted with this broad brush by a blowhard and this weird contingent of people who just seem to like loud voices. I'm I'm, okay, I'm so mad. I have a question. I have a question when, you know... I'm going to, I'm going to push you a little bit. At what point do you, you know, if he keeps going, if he's your candidate, at which point do you decide, okay, we have a factor that's taken over the Republican party and left us behind? Yeah, I think that will be, um, well, first, let me say, if he's the Republican nominee, I, I will not vote for him. I, you know, I cannot do that. I'm not one of these people who says I'll support the party's nominee, no matter mm-hmm. who it is. Um, that That's just, I mean, I just can't even imagine going to the polls and pressing Donald Trump. So I won't be doing that. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think this is going, I think it's already sending the Republican party into crisis mode mm-hmm. and I think it will push it all the way there. If that's how it turns out, I have to believe that when people actually go exercise the franchise, they will make a better choice. I have to believe this continues to be political silliness. I also think it is time for everybody else to get together and narrow this field so mm-hmm. we can see what the numbers really look like. Mm-hmm. I, I get that the super PACs will allow people to keep going all the way through March. Maybe this gets sorted out of the convention. Maybe somehow that ends up being something that unifies the party. I don't know, but I just can't take much more of this. It, it, I do feel left behind. I feel left behind by Donald Trump. I feel left behind by Ted Cruz. I feel mm-hmm. worse about Ted Cruz, honestly, because he, he's a sitting United States Senator. Oh, you so know, true. this is supposed to be a, a really serious, credible candidate. And he's out there with equally awful things to say he doesn't represent me or speak for me um so so yeah i mean this is a really hard time to be a republican and you know what i think a ton of people are ready to be republicans Mm. like the i do not think that the that well let me say this i think there is a lot of opportunity for the party especially with a hillary clinton candidacy even more so with a bernie sanders candidacy mm-hmm. even more so in the wake of national security crises and the the legacy of president obama like this should be a republican year to win the white house and and i just feel right now like it's being squandered and it makes me sick and it makes me sick not only because I want to win an election, but also because I really do want what's good for the country. And I think that the principles of our party would be good for the country, especially at this time. And it's just the principles of our party don't even exist right now. It's just loud. And I think that's the problem because I think that right now, if, you know, if I'm, if I'm, let's say, 18, 19, 20 years old, I'm looking at a party 
you know, and I'm looking at what the quote unquote Republican Party stands for. And I think that they hate anybody who's not white and that they uh, just want to scare people. You know what I mean? Like it just yeah. is all fear all the time. And it's just that is not what we are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's what we are. I think I mean, we've we've talked about George W. Bush as problematic as his presidency was. In hindsight, I think people see more and more that he really, like President Obama, he really was doing what he believed was right for the country. And I think Mm -hmm. both of these guys are going to go down in history with a pretty balanced scorecard. I mean, they're all, nobody has a, unless you're just FDR and you reshape the country in a, in a, I mean, I don't don't know if anybody's going to have that kind of legacy anymore. I think it's all going to be, well, this worked out okay, this didn't. I mean, it's complicated being president. Our country is big and complicated. It's never going to be this, you know, grand winning finale. Even Clinton, even with the economy as good as it was when he finished, you know, we're talking about criminal justice reform on an upcoming episode. And his record in that regard, not good. It's not not good. good. Not good. So... Um, the, the speaking of the Muslim thing, I wanted to add this great, I don't know if you saw this story that there was an attack on the London subway and apparently in the video, somebody yells out at the attacker, you ain't no Muslim bruv. Yes. And it's, it's trending, which I think is fantastic. Just this, this is like visceral. You are not a Muslim. You know, like, I love that. I loved it so much. I wish somebody would like make that trend all over Donald Trump's face. Well, I also loved I mean, by now, it's probably appropriate for me to just confess that I adore Chuck Todd and watch everything he does with, like, bated (laughs) breath. So um, Sunday on Meet the Press in the roundtable, and I wish I had their names, Hattie, but there were two Muslim women speaking and um, and both of them talking about what Islam really is. And they had some very differing perspectives from one another and had a little bit of a, a somewhat heated exchange on the panel. Interesting. And I was so, I just sat back and I was so moved by Muslim women on American television speaking as political experts and debating one another and representing this religion as 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 it is, right? As just another way of understanding the world and making sense of our place in the world. Um and, and talking about combating those who who take an interpretation that is that is deadly and not the intention. I just thought that was such a powerful testament to what our country is. Um I don't know. I don't have more to say about it other than I found it incredibly moving. Well, I, I mean, I don't understand why we can't recognize that this is a m- major world religion. And obviously the, you know, followers of this major world religion are, you're going to have some extremes. You're going to have moderates like this. is They're not any different than Christianity. I don't want to be lumped together with Fred Phelps. I don't want to be lumped together with the guy that shot up Planned Parenthood. Like, come on. We all know yes. these things. It's not complicated. It's not complicated, and it makes me sick. I don't want to say the debates are within Muslim aren't complicated. Like, I believe that there are real Islamic debates happening. They're important. And, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to be involved because I'm not Muslim. But those are important debates. But the idea that, you know, all Muslims are the same is absurd, and I just can't with it right now. Just finished A Court of Thorns and Roses and craving another fantasy world to devour? Dipsy's got you. Dive into spicy enemies to lovers' tales or embark on an epic romance between immortal fae and sworn foes. 
They've got fantasy romance stories perfect for your morning walk, late night, or long bath. Dipsy is an app full of short, spicy audio stories. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with werewolves, Greek gods and goddesses, Regency-era historical fiction, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipseastories.com slash pantsuit. dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. If you're looking for a very quick salon quality, but not salon priced manicure, Olive and Jean has you covered. We've talked about Olive and Jean's Manny system before. It has everything that you need for a professional manicure in one box, salon grade tools, your choice of six polishes. Those polishes are gonna last you for seven days or more. The cost breaks down to about $2 a manicure. Olive and Jean also has press-ons if you want. What I love though, is that Olive and June each season is coming out with new colors. And I just got a set of spring and summer colors in quick dry polish. And they say this dries in about a minute. It seemed dry to me in about 30 seconds. It was not kidding about being quick dry. I also love the light colors in this set. There is a huge range. My favorite one is called Kitten. It's like a pinkish gray. The quick dry polish gives you full coverage in one or two coats. It lasts for more than five days and it is offered in more than 40 cruelty-free and vegan polishes. Olive and June just understands what's happening in our lives, that we need to move quickly, but we want to look great and feel great and have fun in the process. Visit oliveandjune.com slash pantsuit for 20% off your first system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash P-A-N-T-S-U-I-T for 20% off your first Manny system. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Can I get something off my chest? Every day I feel a little pang of sadness. Because I think about Griffin going away to college. Y'all, he's a freshman in high school. This is not healthy or normal. This is why I have it on my list of things to talk to my therapist about. We all carry around these things. Big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us. Therapy is a safe space to get these things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. You gotta get it off your chest. And you can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash pantsuit today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash pantsy. Um, I, I added a, I wanted to move us along a little bit in a positive direction. Um, I don't know if you saw the transportation infrastructure bill that recently um, passed. Has it, I think it's been signed. Yeah. Signed into law. Did you see no. this? Mm-mm. Such a, just want to have, let's take a moment. Let's just take a little moment and Congress, our government function did something right. So basically for like, Either, I think 10 years, maybe it was two decades. I think it was just 10 years. We've been kicking the can on major infrastructure improvements in this transportation bill. Like we just kind of, you know, sign notes to ourselves and 
not surprisingly, that's not a really great way to run a national infrastructure <laughs> is to just keep kicking the can. But we actually passed a bill. We like everybody agreed and we signed this legislation and now it's fully, fu- you know, it's, it's what it's supposed to be. Not just a temporary band-aid to get us through the next two years, but like a real infrastructure program, which I think is great. Good job, Congress. Good job, Congress. You know, sometimes you don't get love for when you do things right. This was right, and I just want to send up some positive feedback. Way to show up and do your work. We appreciate it. We do. More of this, please. Yes, more of this. More of this. Um, On the positivity note, should we speak nicely of somebody from the other side? Yes, and I have two today. Ooh, I love it. So I'm going to start with Loretta Lynch, our Attorney General. Mm -hmm, Love her. I think she is doing a very fantastic job in an impossible situation talking with the media about the investigation into San Bernardino. Mm-hmm. I think she is competent and credible. She seems to be trying to be as open as it's appropriate for her to be. Mm-hmm. She seems to understand the balance between what is both a domestic crime and an issue of international terrorism. I just think she totally inspires confidence, and I don't feel that way a lot about administration officials. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm thrilled with the way that she is handling herself, and and I hope you know all of the arms that report to her um, in the wake of this crisis. And it, I can't imagine having to sit in her chair and just have kind of the right demeanor even yeah. about this, you know. Um, and she seems both wrecked by it and also fully capable of meeting the challenges. And I I think she's doing a terrific job. The other person I want to compliment and hold on to your hat is Hillary Clinton. Woohoo! Because I, I also think she has found an appropriate tone in talking about these issues. I particularly appreciated her comments to George Stephanopoulos, the kind of you know, we will we will defeat them in the air. We will defeat them on the ground. We will defeat them on the Internet. I think mm-hmm. that is much more. I'm just going to say it. That's more presidential to me than what we're hearing from the president right now. And so, you know, hats off to you, Hillary. That's right. That's my girl. Listen, girlfriend's got to practice. Say what you want about her. She's not new to the game. You know what nope. I mean? Like, like, I just sometimes I look at other candidates on both sides and I just think like. You've never even worked in the executive branch. You've never been an executive. Like, I just wonder how that would turn out. I do. But, you know, what's interesting about her is that oftentimes all that experience is is bad for her because yeah. it makes her sound so practiced and phony. Yeah. Like, when she speaks about this, I believe her. Mm-hmm. I believe that she would do exactly what she's saying she's going to do and that she would do it pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Just some, that whole Secretary of State thing probably gave her some good practice. That helps. You know, it's it's a good gig if you can get it. <laughs> so my person is Susan Collins, who is the senator from Maine. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Um, and I was reading an article recently about um, the last and let's hope latest and last government shutdown. And supposedly she led the team that was like, hey, guys, shut up and let's right. just do this. Which I've heard a couple times that it was female senators, but I've I've heard um, a couple times that she really led the way and was like, "We have to govern people." Let's yeah, be, it sounds let's be like, moderate and reasonable. It sounds like she's someone who really has people's ears, mm-hmm. sort of like Ted the, the Cruz. Person, she is not. Let's just put it that way. Well, yeah, the person who doesn't talk all the time, so when she does, people listen. 
that's the vibe I get from Susan Collins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So our next segment is the suit. Um, we're going to follow up on our previous gun control um, discussion and maybe talk a little bit about how both of us got interested in politics. about gun control for two to three days straight basically Pretty yeah much. i watched with fascination and i was tempted a few times to like get into the fray with you but then i thought you know she's got this and also <laughs> it seems like people are wanting it to end you know some mm-hmm. people and then others are like no 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 let's keep at it so i'm curious um you know you really hung with it instead of throwing up your hands in the comments at any point i'm curious if you noticed anything to draw out of all of the threads you had going that you could say, well, I learned something here or I thought this was particularly productive. Um, well, you know, I got a lot of really people sent me a lot of nice notes ranging, you know, ranging from, I don't know how you do that. To how do you stay calm to somebody actually said you're a saint, which for some of my life I've ever gotten that one. It's pretty exciting. <laughs> um, I will say generally about arguing about politics on Facebook, I I take it seriously. I know that sounds sort of silly, but I feel like this is our global town hall. I was reading this book about the Revolutionary War um, last week, and I finished it up. Sarah Val's really great book called Lafayette in the Somewhat United States. She does sort of narrative history. They're really great. It's hard. They're hard to describe, but it's really great. And, I, you know, I believe that our greatest right as Americans is to argue with each other. And so I kind of take it seriously. I think it's important. I know people blow it off, but I think that being able to discuss politics with your fellow Americans is important and to be able to do it respectfully and civilly advances the debate. Even if you feel like somebody is starting at a place that you can't even comprehend, I just think it's important to try to understand each other. I don't go into any discussion trying to win. I I don't go into any thread thinking I'm going to convince them. Mm -mm. My only approach ever is I really want to understand where these people are coming from. And I hope that I, that they will understand where I'm coming from a little bit better when the discussion is over. And so I think with gun control, um, I'm trying to think if I want to start at the Mac on, on the, on the macro level, on the big picture, um, I kind of would push it to, I don't think you have an absolute right to own as many guns and whatever guns as you want. I don't think the Second Amendment guarantees that right. And I heard people say, I'm sorry, I disagree with you. I think the Second Amendment guarantees me an absolute right to own whatever guns and as many guns as I want. And I truthfully think that's an important discussion to have because I think that's buried deeply underneath this debate. And if we don't really decide on that, the debate's not going to go very many places. You know, we have to figure out if this kind of large-scale gun ownership is something that we want to continue. Excuse me. (coughs) And then on the, the micro level, I feel like what I saw over and over again was gun con- when, with discussion to specific gun control legislation, people in favor of gun control would say, we have to reduce the number of guns, which is sort of what I was pushing to when I said, we have, we have to, do we think that we have an absolute right to own as many guns as we want? Because the truth is, and the anti-gun control people are right in this respect, Gun control legislation doesn't have a huge effect on violent crime. 
Now, it can affect the number of guns around, and that does have an effect on violent crime. And so they talk, I think, feel like people talk past each other. One per, one people are saying, like, the legislation doesn't affect violent crime, and the other people are saying, yes, it does. Well, it sort of does in that it affects the amount of guns. That's what really affects crime, is how many guns are out there, how many opportunities do people have to try to kill themselves or harm others or just accidentally shoot themselves or have a toddler accidentally shoot them. So I, I feel like there's this kind of talking past each other with regards to how many, like the, the legislation itself and the effect of it, which I think is sort of problematic. But, you know, I think overall it's such an emotional issue. You know, the threads that I was engaged in for the most part were kept pretty calm. I wrote a post about this that I'll link to my only sort of throw up the hands get really, well, I had two. The first one is I cannot, um, with the people who are like, you know, Obama's ruined America and America's over and it's just, it's done. I can't, I can't do that. I can't, I can't do that with those people. Like, just think people in the civil war, civil, in the midst of the civil war probably thought, man, America's greatest days are behind them, but they weren't and they're not now. And I just feel like the end of the world America scenario, I don't have a lot of patience for like, this is a tough one. We'll make some progress. We'll make some mistakes, but we're Americans. There is no problem too big for us. And stop talking like it is. That really bugs me. That that sends me in full Josiah Bartlett West Wing mode. <laughs> so that's my um, one thing. And the other thing that I, I don't know if you saw my discussion with my friend Lori Beth, but the, the um, Sandy Hook truthers. Mm, mm-mm. I did not see that. I did not realize you had Sandy Hook truthers I, going on. No, they are they are a thing. And Lori apparently was on an airplane flight with one of them. And that sends me into such a righteous fury, I swear I could levitate. The idea that, yeah. and precisely because I have a first grader, the idea that my child would be gunned down and that you would tell me it didn't happen and it was a mass government conspiracy makes my eyeballs turn into flames. Like, I can't even stay well, calm. I can't were hints, stay calm about that. There were hints of that around San Bernardino too, you know, mm. before we knew more the information because it was so weird. It was mm. such a weird location and weird time and weird circumstances. And I, I had the same reaction. Like that makes me sick. If you oh. are that cynical, that makes me sick. I, I'm sorry for you if that's I do. where you are. I can't do, I cannot. First of all, I just feel like that these government conspiracies come from people who are like, the government is just incapable of doing anything right. Yet you feel that they are capable of perpetuating this mass conspiracy. Like, really? Really? Pick one. Either they're incapable of doing anything or they're capable of pulling off a mass conspiracy. But you may not have it both ways. Like, I just don't have... Like, I'm all about let's discuss things, and I understand if you have different values with, than me, and we can talk about that. I can't do conspiracy theories with people. I just can't. It sends me into another orbit. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several Ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, and Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. 
I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you, Ritual, for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. There's not much worse than a dry energy scalp. Also, when you get your hair colored and then it does not last as long as you and your stylist discussed, it could be that unfiltered, mineral-filled water is the culprit. Hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin, and about 85% of the United States uses hard water, filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered shower head comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered shower head. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered shower head is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, our listeners can use code PANTSUIT at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. noticed um what i thought was most interesting about the threads that i that i read going on around your blog post um were sort of introducing new issues along ideological lines so it wasn't just gun control but it was also abortion mm-hmm. um i think at one point you know the death penalty got in there oh, yeah. and you know all it's it's just really so I was listening to I know we both like the weeds um, Vox's podcast and I was listening to an episode of that about how we use our political parties as sort of shorthand for ourselves so that we don't have to revisit every issue all the time and how there's like there's value in that and that's good for our democracy in some ways and in other ways it makes us um, you know less than guardians of sort of the sacred trust a democracy imposes. And and so it's just, it's kind of amazing to me to watch debates unfold where you have like 
hardcore Second Amendment turns to hardcore pro-life and hardcore pro-death penalty, and then equally, like, strident opinions on the left of all of those issues. Like, I don't know. I think it's kind of amazing. I guess you sort of know that there are people in both parties who check all the boxes like that. Mm -hmm. But I guess I want to believe and do, to some extent, that many more of us can go side to side a little, that there's like a little bit of room for variance and especially for the kind of variance that would at least let you just not introduce those talking points on a thread about anything. You know, (laughs) like one, one person made the comment, like, I guess every podcast you guys should have to spend at least half your time on abortion because, you know, that's the most pressing issue of our day, according to the people on this thread. And like, you know, that was a little bit facetious, but, but you do see some of that, not just in your posts, but in others. Like, you know, I, I watched a bunch of posts about San Bernardino this week and, and like, I didn't see many that didn't go to gun control from there. And I think that's really separate, right? Mm-hmm. Terrorism to gun control. I don't know. Um, so I, I thought that was kind of fascinating to watch how it seems like I, I am with you. I think we should talk politics all the time on Facebook because it is our town hall. It is the most influential mechanism we have to engage with each other on these issues. Um, and we get to get engaged so much to a certain extent with people different than us, people in yes. different parts of the country, people that have different experiences. You know, this was actually offside, outside of Facebook, but I had a friend describe gun ownership. She doesn't carry one. She doesn't enjoy guns, but she went and got one because she felt like it was exercising an important right. And I thought, you know, it kind of connected with me on a weird level. I thought she's right. Like it's not a right. If I'm just being honest, it's not a right. I value. It just isn't. But that doesn't mean that we didn't have people in our country fight very hard for it. And that it's not important to many. And I really started to think about that a lot in the, in regards to the conversation, because with with political things, you know, it's always about what are we trading off? Like, so the example I was used from the death penalty is I'm not willing to execute the worst of the worst if it means executing innocent people. I think that's a valid position if you say, no, I, I understand it's not, I think it's worth taking the worst of the worst off the streets and out of the world. I, I mean, that's fine. It's not one I hold. And then I thought, well, you know, I'm being, I'm playing fast and loose with this trade off. I'm saying, I'm doing what Benjamin Franklin said we're not supposed to do, right? I want to sacrifice sa- liberty for safety, right? I want more safety and less gun liberty. And I'm like, am I right about that? Because it's not a right I value. So, you know, that's why it's important, right? Because it's a good thing that I'm not the only one in charge. Because it isn't important and right, even if it's not important to me. And it's the same with abortion. Like, I understand that you are male or postmenopausal or you know, whatever. And it's not an important right to you. And it, and it, the right to have an abortion is not an important right to you, but that doesn't mean it's not important to some people and they matter just as much as you do. And I kind of really thought about that a lot when I was debating with people, I just thought like, man, am I doing what I say we shouldn't do that? We shouldn't sacrifice the, we shouldn't make these trade-offs. Do I have the balance right? I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm positive. I am. I'm not, but, um, it was really, it kept me thinking. That's for sure. Well, and I, that's what I like about these Facebook debates. So, so on the one hand, I got a little bit sad about this sort of um, pure partisan 
box checking that was going on. Mm -hmm. But on the other, it is really interesting to watch people's thoughts evolve on these topics. And I think people from both sides do have really good points to make and good things to say. And and I think everyone is affected by it. I think the idea that people are engaging like this and not being affected by the discussion at all is, is not right. I know cognitive dissonance is strong. I know that there's all these psychological barriers we have in place to changing our minds. But I do believe people change their minds. I changed my mind, you know, like on a lot of things. And I do all the time. And so I, I, I think it's possible. I really do. Even where we don't change our positions. Right. I, I definitely think we are influenced by those conversations and in some ways just how to have them, you know, right. or not. Like what, like I was really amused to kind of watch one one thread on your post go down this, lots of people posting links to um, data. Oh, and then someone says, hey, are we just trying to have a contest to see who can post <laughs> links to data the fastest? And I thought, you know, like that's that tells you a whole lot about um, what people think is important in these yeah. discussions, what mm-hmm. they don't, how they react to different things. Like, I don't know. I Hats off to you for hanging with it. And I, I think we should do more of that. And I would love for more of that to happen on the Pantsy Politics Facebook page. Because I, I, I think there's like a lot to say right now and that we are better for saying Absolutely. It. Especially. Yes, I agree completely. Well, that's a great note to end. We'll wrap up and we'll pick it up where in the heels where we share things that we're enjoying this week. So do you have, are you ready, Beth? Do you have something exciting to share with us for the heels? Well, this isn't exactly exciting, but I do want to share, because, you know, we talked about the heels as like sending you on your way with, you know, something that makes our lives better. So this is a very particular moment in my life and may not apply to everyone, but we have a, a daughter who will be five in January. And one of the best decisions that we have made with her is about six months ago, we bought her a journal hmm. and every night before bed, she writes the date and one sentence about her day. I love that. I cannot even I'm tell always so you jealous how interesting of your it is. Post on this. I really am. I keep well, thinking I need to do that with Griffin. There are a hundred things about this that I love. First of all, just flipping back through. I mean, it is hysterical. Um, also, her handwriting has like improved like crazy. She's learning to spell like you wouldn't believe from it. We didn't really do this as an educational thing, but it totally is. And she just has like fascinating things to say. Like the other day she was horrendous on the weekend. She was in trouble all day. And before bed I said, Hey, what, you know, what do you want to say about your day? And she looked at me and she said, um, I think that it was a tough day. And I was like, that is true. I feel you, sister. I feel you. That is true. But, you know, she has a page about the day that we brought her sister home from the hospital and just, it's just so wonderful. And it's like, it's it's good time that we all look forward to at the end of the day, this 10 or 15 minutes that we spend on her journal. And I'm just excited about what we're going to have in our lives from it. And, and it was literally like I was waiting to check out at some giant home store. You know, I had a bunch of throw pillows and stuff in my cart. And there were these really inexpensive journals in a stand by the cash registers. And I thought, I'm going to pick one of these up and maybe we'll start this. And now I think, oh, how would we have lived without her journal? I love so. It. 
Well, my two things are um, not as self-growth as just fun. Um, but I am watching TV again. I didn't watch TV for a really long time, like the first three. I think we talked a little bit about this in a previous podcast. But I decided to watch some TV this week now that I'm done with National Novel Writing Month and I finished up my book. <laughs> so I wrote, I watched Masters, Master of None, Aziz Ansari show on Netflix. Did you like that? I really did. I really did. Um, I know it was sort of some negative commentary on my life choices, but I don't care. (laughs) And then I'm currently watching Jane the Virgin, which is a really great show. Um, It's sort of like a telenovela takeoff from the CW um, where she's a virgin and she gets accidentally (laughs) inseminated. And it's just delightful. It's just fun. It's really like, you know, kind of over the top and fun. And I really... They're very different shows, but I've enjoyed both of them immensely. And just also be watching TV again. You know, I'm an only child. I always say TV was like my sibling. And I realized how important TV is, is to, TV watching is to me to get me out of my own head for a little while. Yes. Um. So I really did. I, I highly recommend both shows. They're real, both really great. I love Aziz Ansari. I, I wasn't really into the, the one episode I've watched, but I'll probably go back and give it another shot because I think he's super funny. Since you're on TV, though, I have to say that you turned me on to one of my favorite shows while I was on maternity leave when I did nothing but watch television, um, which was Unreal. Oh, so good. Oh, my gosh. I just like it. And I think Aziz Ansari does this. And I actually think Jane the Virgin does this. I want you to do something a little bit more than just entertain me. Just a little. I'm not asking for a lot. Have something interesting to say. And but I also want you to mostly entertain me. I like, do. I don't want to go too far. Because, I mean, know? the people who do it well do it really well. You know, like, they're because they're so good at saying something, they're also very good at entertaining. So Unreal, I thought, had such really interesting things to say about reality television and how it's produced and how women are portrayed on reality television. So fascinating. And the, my favorite episodes of Master of None are he has these kind of theme episodes where he'll talk about, like, parent how, his relationship with his parents and um, how women are treated. And, like, it's this kind of very feminist episode. And I just love it. I love it. I'm, you know, say something to me. Say something interesting. Show me your perspective and what you're learning about the world. I just, big fan. Love TV. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of Pantsy Politics, which I think, you know, usually we're, we're in a suit. I think it was more like a jeans day, you know, so nice to end with television on Mm -hmm. our jeans day. Mm -hmm. Um, and we hope to talk with you again next week. Thank you to my husband, Nicholas Holland for producing this episode. Um, our intro interstitial and outro music is fourth and starlight road instrumental by Minden and is licensed under a creative Commons attribution, not commercial 3.0 international license. Thanks everyone.